You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys on this Tuesday. I don't think there's ever a bad time to get together and talk some 49ers football. And here's the great thing. You know, we're, we're it's new month now. We're in June. And there's still a lot of stuff on the way. Because, man, you got the June 1st deadline, you've got all the Julio talk, you got all these different things that's going on there. But, man, 49ers are making transactions. And so, excited for that, and want to talk through a couple things, but here's the headliner, guys. We've got a guest, Vish. Vish is joining us to your request. You guys wanted this guy uh, to come on the podcast, and he did not disappoint. We just wrapped up our interview. I'm going to be playing that here for you shortly. But before we jump to Vish, um, I want to talk about a couple of transactions that took place today. We added a wide receiver with the last name Jones. No, it is not Julio. So, Sergio, it's okay. Uh, he's still out there. The big fish is still to be had. But wide receiver Andy Jones, who, yeah, I hate to say it, you know, we, we've got this kind of influx of wide receivers, just this turn mill undrafted free agent um, from 2017, came out of Jacksonville College, and he hasn't been on a team in two years. He's got three career starts, only 11 uh, receptions. That's huge. So this is a guy, you, he's a long shot, okay? It's, it's a, we'll see what happens there. But here's what's important. Rumored Delaney Walker, the Delaney Walker baby. I see you, Jeremy. 
he's coming back. They're flying him out for a physical slash workout. This makes so much sense. Took the year off last year. Had a lot of injuries with Tennessee and all that kind of stuff. Finally got some rest, and he wants to come back. This would be absolutely a perfect fit. Absolutely a perfect fit. We saw a very similar situation with Jordan Reed last year, right? And so you've got Jordan Reed and all those things taking place. And so what you're going to be able to do is you bring in Delaney Walker, and he could be that extra receiving threat that you don't really have in Charlie Warner or, you know, duct tape Dwelly. So I love this. I, I think it is an absolute – I hope it works out. I really, really do. So anyway, also got to talk about this, man. We are giving away. It's, it's Jersey. It's a new month. And so anytime we got a new month, man, we got we to gotta give something away. And I do want to say thank you because without the support of all the Patreon members, everything that's going on there, we don't get to do all these giveaways. Um, you know, they're not sponsored. I just buy these suckers and send them. And so I want to say thank you to the Patreon members and all those things that allow this podcast to continue to flourish. We ranked the top 50 uh, podcast on a football podcast on Apple Podcasts in the past month. Top 50. There's 32 teams in the NFL. And that's not to mention, you know, all the like generic NFL ones, like, you know, around the NFL and all those things. We're, we're getting up there. And it all has to do with you guys. And we started a Discord. Holy cow. I can't believe I forgot to tell you guys about this. I let it out on Patreon. If you go to the comment section or the description, there's a link for the 49ers Rush Discord channel. A lot of buddy put into this. We got our own bots, created servers, and all that stuff. And if you're one of those people that's like, I don't know what the hell Discord is. Well, guess what? This is a way to make the best 49ers community there is. Uh, we got voice channels set up. We've got 49ers chat. Um, you know, if you're one of those people that just doesn't like Twitter or whatever else, you get all my tweets on there. And basically, what you you don't have to join Twitter. Uh, you get the videos from YouTube. You don't have to join YouTube. It's just an extra way to create a community, and it's incredible. We've already got like 25 members over there. We just launched last night. So head over there. Again, you just follow the link in there, and if you've never touched Discord, trust me, I've got videos up on the channel on how to use Discord. Trust me, you're going to want to be there. Thomas, I want to say thank you for the gift, man. Um, I, I love it. He says, uh, thanks for being you. Uh, yeah, right back at you, Thomas. You're a good man, TB. Great man. But let's give away this jersey. What, what am I waiting on? This Nick Bosa jersey giveaway goes to uh drum roll, please. This time we had an Instagram winner, which is awesome. I love it. And just want to say thank you for the support. The winner is Perrin Harper. What's up, man? Come on down. Uh slide into my DMs. Let me know uh how I can get this Nick Bosa jersey to you. I appreciate everybody that uh entered. He was a Patreon subscriber too, I believe. Um, but it, Parent, thank you so much. But if you didn't win, guess what? We got another big jersey giveaway. This one's going to be autographed. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be exclusive to three groups. Okay, Patreon, Countdown Crew, I see you guys, hashtag CC, and Instagram. You need to be on our Instagram. I haven't pumped it up very much, but we got to get those numbers up. And here's the big reason why I want the Instagram to be uh, have more followers. It's not so much for me. Once uh, we get to a certain threshold, I'll be able to reach out and get a lot more uh, kind of high-priced guests on this podcast with that. So head over there, 49ers Rush um, on Instagram, yeah, 49ers Rush Podcast. Hit subscribe. Help us out over there. But let's get over here. Let's go. We got the man of the hour. I waited too long. I apologize. Let's do this. Vish, here's the interview. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I learned something. This kid's smart, man. This kid is smart. So here we go. Vish. Vish. 
All right, so excited. We've got who the people have asked for. We've got Vish joining us, um, by far one of the bright young minds and 49ers Twitter sphere and uh, just voices all across the space. Very good at what he does. Vish, how are you today, brother? I'm doing well, John. Thank you so much for having me. And as I mentioned to you before, this is really a big honor for me in the short time I'm doing this. You have a massive following that's really well-deserved. You do an awesome job with your work. And it's a really, really cool opportunity for me to be here on with you. One of the more, I would say, moments I look at and say it's a little surreal. So I really appreciate you having me on. Thank Man, you. Man, really appreciate the kind words. And, you know, we were, we were talking beforehand. And my listeners know I don't do guests. I don't do guests. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I'm a control freak. All those things. But the people ask for you. And so kind of what we do here at the 40 Years Rush, every new thing we do is because somebody says, hey, why don't you do this? And we got a lot of calls for you. Um, so, uh, Vish, uh, he's on Twitter. You can follow him at Vish Kumarin. Um, and YouTube is Blake and Vish Sports, which I got a couple questions about some of your basketball takes, by the way. I'm a Mavs guy. Uh, so, I'm going to throw those out there later. But before we get to that, Vish, uh, introduce for my listeners that don't know who you are. Walk us through your journey, man. How you got started, where they can find you. And, man, what is it about Vish? that everybody likes because you've caught on man uh you're the hot guy now and so kind of walk us through that well i'm not sure about the latter part of that question i'm still scratching my head a little bit wondering the same thing but uh to just answer your question on how i kind of got started in this so i've obviously been a fo football and just sports fanatic my whole life like I have a weird recall of random sports facts and random sports statistics. So the way I got started was I used to be my dad's party trick when I was six, seven years old. Because, you know, you would go to a party and I would have Peyton Manning's passing yards, Peyton Manning's touchdowns, Peyton, Peyton Manning's interceptions, Peyton Manning's throw on a in a random third quarter to Marvin Harrison, all just memorized off the top of my head for whatever reason. And so I was just doing going like this, but I was always really interested in sports. And my opinions and my learning has evolved a lot over the last I would say few years greatly. I've gone a little more from a fan to just learning a bit more about the intricacies of sport, of uh, football especially, and trying to learn just uh, whether it's concepts, whether it's structures, whether it's personnel usage, all of those type of things. And then I got to a point where I was really bored. I was interning last summer, but the stay-at-home order was there, and I was really doing nothing. So I've never really been on social media. So I started dabbling a little bit with Twitter and. I somehow by hook or crook got connected with everybody's favorite beat writer, Mr. Grant Cohn. And we started connecting on the phone. Then I would say a month, I would the week two of the NFL season is so after the 49ers played the Jets is the first week we did it. And we did this show called Mondays with Fish. And it was pretty successful on his YouTube channel. And since then, I then parlayed that kind of whatever I got from that. I mean, you got to shout out Grant, just incredible for giving me that platform, giving me the opportunity and having me on every week. And I started a YouTube channel with my buddy Blake and it's, I haven't looked back since then. It's a really fun hobby to have amidst the uh, stress and the uh, very realness of the fact that I need to get a job <laughs> year from now and I'm going to be graduating school a year from now. So with all of that going on, it's really nice to have kind of a platform where I can just have conversations where 
these are conversations I'd be having with my buddy Blake if we weren't on YouTube, you know, so it's it's fun. I love the organic feel. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Grant later um, because he's not everybody's flavor. There is definitely like he is an acquired taste or you just spit it out. And, and that's very true. And that's fine. But one thing you have to give him props for, I mean, he gives people a platform and encourages participation and brings people in. I, I, you know, I was going through the Twitter feed today. He had three seventh graders on with him today talking 49ers right. football. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And again, I know a lot of people that hear Grant Code and they're just like, ah, but you have to understand, dude works his rear end off and he helps mm -hmm. people a lot. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a stick to him, and that's okay. That's kind of his thing. And again, not telling everybody, uh, you know, to go hang out with Grant or whatever else, but he does a lot of good, um, especially behind the scenes. He's a, he's a really cool dude. So l let's go with this, man. L I want to hear your thoughts, you know, as, as we get into this, because here's the very first question I got. Um, this was from P. Stark on our Discord channel, which we just started. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, here's what he said. He said, what changes, if any, can the 49ers implement to avoid injury this year? If we look back, you just talked about how, you know, the Jets week two, you start covering the team. Man, you jumped on at the worst time, brother. <laughs> so what can, and I think they've implemented a couple things in OTAs already, but what can this coaching staff, training staff do so that 2020 doesn't repeat itself? That's an impossible question. I mean, that I feel like that's the million-dollar question that if one of us could answer that question, we would be hired for a lot of money somewhere because we were able to answer that question. What I will say is I'm not sure if there's anything you can do in particular, like, oh, if you drink more milk, you're not going to break your arm, or if you don't do this, you're not going to do that. But I do think there is a level of, I think, the Niners, what I will say at least from my base knowledge, is that the Niners seem to be very, very cognizant of this issue, maybe more so than other years. I mean, you've heard them talk about after drafting Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel when this question was broached. They were like, well, he had one injury. So then you look at if that one injury is really in high school and if that really affects them or anything like that. But I feel like they've even evolved their thinking now where they're looking to draft guys like an Aaron Banks, you know, a guy who doesn't have a history of getting injured at all and you look at players like that because I think they're really aware that they might not know what they're doing wrong but something is going wrong because players shouldn't be getting injured like this and a lot of players seem to be getting injured like this and so I think that from that standpoint you can look at it and say okay I don't know exactly what they should do and I don't think they know exactly what they should do but they are opening every avenue and approaching this in a way where like this can't happen again. They cannot allow one of these seasons to go just because you lose eight or nine very, very essential players to some injury. Yeah, and, and it's weird because I think 49ers fans, we, we have a little bit of a Trent Baalke hangover because we used to draft all these players that were injured all the time anyway. They're not doing that now. Like, you, you started it, right, going through our draft class. Uh, Trey Lance played in 17 out of 17 games. These are the last two years. Matt Barrows put out an amazing article today on The Athletic, and he just basically went through the entire draft class and said, okay, over the past two years, how many games have they played in? 
Trey Lance, 17 of 17. Sermon, 17 of 22. He's one of the only ones that missed some games, but that was back in Oklahoma. It was an LCL, not the biggest deal. And he started every single game in 2020. You go to Ambry Thomas, 26 out of 26 games. Jalen Moore, 19 out of 19. Lenore, 21 out of 21. Hufanga, 16 out of 19. Elijah Mitchell, 24 out of 25. So you are trying to pursue and value players that have been durable. And you kind of look back at the past and you say, okay, if this, you know, this injury prone idea, which you could throw this out there with Jimmy Garoppolo as well, because he has been injury prone, you know, high ankle sprain, then the MCL. I, I don't really consider him injury prone, but he has missed two out of the last three years. Do you think, let's transition a little bit. Do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that he is going to start week one. I think that's the plan. Um, right. And if he does, do you think that eventually the switch is made to Trey Lance because of injury or because Trey Lance kind of supersedes in practice and shows that he can take over? I don't think it'll be because of injury. I actually have a weird faith that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay healthy this year. I, I think there's something about Jimmy Garoppolo that also knows that how he he's at a point where he's desperate, right? If this year doesn't work out for Jimmy Garoppolo, he's never going to walk into another training camp as a starting quarterback. That's just the reality of the situation. Because at 30 years old, a guy who isn't reliable to stay healthy and a guy who frankly hasn't doesn't have that many starts behind him, nobody will just pay him $12 million, $13 million and say, hey, Jimmy, you're our starter. All right, he's going to have to compete or he's going to have to go somewhere and be a backup for a little bit and wait on another opportunity. And because I think he's so aware of it, I just think that he's going to find a way to stay healthy. I really think just looking at how they've, I think they've improved the pass blocking aspect of their offensive line. I think they've done a lot in terms of this offseason, whether it's getting all of these running backs and building up depth within this offensive line when a Jalen Moore is there, a Daniel Brunskill becomes a backup, a Sean Coleman, who I really liked before he opted out, he comes back. And so when you look at the depth in their offensive line and the depth in their running running game, I think they're doing all they can to basically avoid drop back pass situations, which is a feature of the Shanahan offense. He doesn't want to drop back in the past game and he doesn't really want to get into third down so in the most ideal way i think philosophically they will protect jimmy garoppolo even more than they already have and so i think it'll just come down to trey lance's readiness i don't think trey lance when he starts has anything to do with jimmy garoppolo whenever he's ready i think trey lance will start regardless of how jimmy's playing because to me the reality of the situation is no matter what the niners say when you trade two first round picks and swap a third one a month before the draft to go get a quarterback, then it doesn't matter whether Jimmy's playing great or not. That means you really wanted a guy, and you really want him to be the starter. So then it just comes down to whether that guy's ready to start or not. And if he's ready to start, if that's week eight, I think he should start week eight. If it's week nine, he should start week nine. If it's week two, he should start week two. But it's all about, to me, Trey Lance, whether he's ready. It doesn't matter at this point about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's no longer the guy. And, yeah, I'm with you there. And I think a lot of the fan base kind of gets stuck on this, you know, we want to see Trey. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm the biggest Trey Lance guy out there. Like, I want to see Trey as well. But I think it's important to remember, it's in every single person's best interest. 
if Jimmy Garoppolo performs not only well, but extremely well to where you kind of get that quote-unquote quarterback controversy, that's the best thing for Trey Lance, the 49ers, um, Jimmy Garoppolo's future, uh, the draft capital, the salary cap. Every single thing will kind of benefit from Jimmy Garoppolo playing well. Um, so gotta like just remember, everybody, <laughs> we all win if Jimmy does well. Um, and, man, I like the spin that you put on it from Jimmy's perspective. If he doesn't prove it this year, he's never going to be that starter caliber guy again. He's going to be a backup, and he's going to lose that $25 million deal next year. Um, so he's hoping he can kind of prove that he'll be that guy. Now, let me ask you this, and this is a difficult question, but I, I want to put everybody off record uh, just because I think it's fascinating. If you had to guess, and again, who knows for sure, when do you think Trey Lance's first start will be? That's a I know. really, really difficult I like to put people on, on the right spot, now, man. Right? I, I'm sorry, man. It's right. a hot seat. Um, so in an ideal world, honestly, I'm one of those people who says, oh, like if he's ready, start in week one. Because I'm someone who really doesn't believe in the idea of a bridge quarterback. But I don't think he's going to kind of be ready just given how I mean, obviously, we have one report from an OTA and one report from a rookie minicamp. How much can we really put into this? But I'm going to say that his first start will be that after the bye against the Colts. That's what I'm going to say. It's a tough. I don't want him to start that game because I think the Colts are a Super Bowl team. I think that a Sunday night football start for a young quarterback who already has a ton of unneeded pressure on him is a difficult place to be but i i think that that's where he's going to end up starting and if he doesn't start there i don't think he starts this oh i like that that's a that's interesting i like that um i'll tell you what let's go here this is for this question comes from Vinny on discord i asked everybody i was like all right what questions you got for vish this is he came up quick with this one what do you see as the biggest challenge for the 2021 49ers season and how do you think they're going to be able to overcome that, whether through personnel, coaching, whatever else that is? So, again, what is one of the things looking forward that you're just like, man, this could be the big issue for 2021? So I have two for that. One is, I think, a little bit in their control. One is not really within their control. The first thing is I just look at I'm worried about the dropback pass game. I'm worried about the dropback pass game from – uh, all angles. I'm I, the pass protection. I still think there's two offensive linemen on this team that aren't fully equipped to be a 35-time dropback pass team, and that's Lakin Tomlinson and Mike McGlinchey. I'm not as down on Mike McGlinchey as a lot of Niners fans. I I think he is what he is. I think he's an excellent run blocker. I think he's an average to below average pass protector. Nothing wrong with that because he fits the scheme and he does his job competently, especially in the run game, which a lot of tackles can't do what he does in the run game. But I don't think he's ever equipped to play for a team like, you know, you can't just put him on the Chiefs with Mahomes dropping back 40, 45 times a game because that's not Mike McGlinchey's game. And then Lake and Tomlinson, I look at in a similar fashion. There's a reason Lake and Tomlinson didn't work out with the Lions. And there's a reason he's successful with the Niners. He is what he is and he fits this particular scheme and he's a good run blocker he's not the greatest in pass protection i mean the game quinnon williams had against him week two emphasizes that as much as anything so that worries me too i'm worried about this about the receivers from a drop back pass aspect 
I, I don't see many guys on this team that can truly just beat man coverage with ease and get open quickly. And so one injury to Debo, one injury to IU, Kittle misses a couple of games. I think drop back pass game is a problem there. And then I think the quarterbacks, I, I don't think Trey Lance is equipped at this point to be a very good drop back passer. He wasn't one at NDSU. And that's not his game right now. I'm not saying he can't be. He has all the physical and mental traits to be a very, very good one. It just might not be next year. And Jimmy Garoppolo has proven that, especially within this offense, drop back pass game isn't his strength. So I go across the board and I say, that's a problem. The way I think they can fix it is, I don't know if they can fix it fully, but I do think that the, a way they can make their drop pack pass game more efficient, and we've seen Shanahan do this, is put a lot of heavy personnel sets on the field and get teams into base and then motion out into three receivers or four receivers from there and put your quarterback in the gun. Because they have guys like Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle who you can line up in line and look like it's 21 personnel or 12 personnel or something like that. And then you can motion out of it and you can create massive mismatches with linebackers, making it much easier for your quarterbacks to throw. And this is something they've done quite a bit. But I'm just saying that that's another way they can continue to do that to fix that problem. And then the other thing I'm mostly worried about and a thing that I think is going to be the biggest impediment for this team is there's just a severe lack of depth in the secondary, a severe lack of depth in the secondary. It's not just the corners, it's the safeties, too. Uh, I know a lot of people, for whatever reason, love Tarverius more and hate Marcel Harris. The sad reality to anybody who actually turns on the film and watches is there's not a lot separating both those guys. They both have, I would actually, I prefer Harris personally because I think Harris messes up less than Moore. Moore, I mean, Moore is a liability every single game to give up a 70-yard play, whether it's in the past. So that to me is a problem because to me, the first thing a safety needs to do is not give up the big play. Then we can talk about playmaking aspects and other things. So I'm worried about the safeties because Tart's a guy that's been injured quite a bit, but he's very good when he plays. Ward's a guy, very good when he plays, but he's been injured. Verrett's a guy, phenomenal when he plays, but he's been injured. And then so Kwan Williams, another guy, phenomenal when he plays, he's been injured. I just, I'm just i nervous about the overall depth. And a lot of people love Ambry Thomas. A lot of people love Diamador Lenore. I'm not so, I don't have the greatest conviction that if Jason Verrett gets hurt next year that you can just stick Ambry Thomas out there and everything is going to be good to go. So I look at that overall secondary and I say you have four like top end starters, in my opinion, and one guy who's a serviceable starter in Mosley. But if any of if two of those five get hurt, you're in a really, really, really bad spot. I feel like they, they've got bodies, you know what I mean? But none of them are like, you know, confidence builders. And a big problem that I kind of have with our let's just stick with the safeties for a second is I feel like Jimmy Ward. Whenever he is close to the line of scrimmage and in the box, he's incredible. Whenever he's a free safety, and you know we kind of transition to a little bit more too high safety looks, but still they rotate down quite a bit. I really dislike it when J Jimmy Ward just disappears whenever he's kind of that floating free safety, which again, we're doing it less of, so that's a good thing. But man, it's just interesting to me because I really want Jimmy in the box and Marcel Harris, who you brought up that I like a lot, I don't like him at free safety either. Um, and right. so like, man, they even put him at linebacker and I love that. I, 
I was hoping he would be in the fight for that number three linebacker spot. That's what I want him to be just because he's so disruptive, as you said, like especially in the running game. And that dude, he comes with bad intentions every single yeah. play. And man, you can go back to that Lamar Jackson game, you know, back in 2019. You know, it, it, there were so many times where he showed up because that's right after Tart got hurt in 2019. He came in and yeah, he, he gave up some big plays in the the run uh, in the passing to tight ends and stuff. I think Jared Cook burned him a couple times with the Saints as well. But man, you feel him like, and it's an impact type player. And I feel like you lose Jimmy Ward whenever he goes back to free safety. There's just no impact. He's not even in the frame of the broadcast view half the time. I, I don't know. That's interesting because, you know, you're not a Tarvarius Moore guy. Do you? Who do you think the two starting safeties are week one? I think it's 100% Tartan Ward. I think both those guys are cut above the rest. And you touched on it, right? In an ideal world, and this is what the Niners have been doing the last year, two years, when they do play single high. So let's say they play cover three match on a third down. Tart usually, it's usually based on the strength of formation, but usually they have Tart take the post and they usually have Jimmy Ward come down to the slot and then they blitz a K1 Williams or something like that. So they play single high safety. But the problem with that is Tart is also one of your best players on defense, one of your most impactful athletes on defense. And now he's lost in the post where he's now just in the post and not doing anything, which is where I've always wanted the Niners. And this is something I don't know if you know, Scott Jelen. He and I have talked about this before. We love the idea of doing this third safety and going this big nickel route where you take, I don't know, let's say they sign Tony Jefferson. Tony Jefferson, if you're going to play single high on the third down, he takes the post. And now you bring Tart and Ward both down. And I think the big advantage that gives you is because I would say the three best man coverage players on this team are Jason Verrett, Jimmy Ward, and Jaquaski Tart. Well, when two of those three players are safeties, it kind of hurts your defense because you can't trust any of your two corners outside of Verrett in true man coverage. And I think that if you can bring Ward and Tart closer to the ball with Fred Warner in the middle, who we know can eliminate a lot of people in man coverage, with Jason Brett on the outside, I think it just opens up the possibilities of all the things the Niners can do. And they're not an overly diverse defense. They were a bit more diverse last year than they've ever been. And I think that's a testament to four years of Robert Sala building something. And he finally got to a point where him and Fred Warner were just on such a same page. They could take a lot of the things they'd been doing for years and implement small changes that are game plan specific to them. But if you look at um, what they could do, especially bringing in a James Betcher, who is a little more exotic to go with a D'Amico Ryans, they have a world of possibilities ahead of them on defense if they were able to do something like that because that's three players near the line of scrimmage who can take just about anybody in man coverage and do a job on them. We saw some of that too. They did a couple plays with Sherman, you remember last year, where they motioned but and right, I right. loved it. Like what what is your strength? Like get those guys in the right position. You know, one of my least favorite things about Robert Sala, I love Robert Sala, was man, and Kyle Shanahan does this a little bit to an extent as well, playing people out of position. Put them in the position where they can be successful. And Man, I think a big reason why Tarvarius Moore, which I think I'm a little higher on him than you are, just because like I value turnovers like big time, and I think he brings that a little bit more than the others, but he actually is built to be a free safety. Yes, he running pursuit angles are just trash, 
and that bothers me so much. But I think a big reason why he plays so much is like he is the one guy that's like, all right, this is a free safety. And then they go draft this year, they get another strong safety. Like, <laughs> like they go get another box guy and Hufunga. But I like Hufunga. Um, all right, let, let's shift gears here. I have to get this question in. And you can answer this how you so so see fit. Uh, this is the question for Fernando on Twitter. He says, I have to ask, how do you work with Grant Cohn? I'm just going to leave it open-ended. And you kind of take that because, again, I know this is a little bit of a heated question, but I promised him I would ask the question. Uh, and I think this would uh, be a good thing for our, my listeners to hear. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So the thing about Grant is that like I think what people lose in the uh, anguish that they get from listening to someone's football opinions is whether the guy's a nice guy or not. <laughs> First things foremost with Grant, he is one of the nicest people you will meet. I agree. I can attest and to that. And I think that. that's really important because here's the thing. I think that there's a lot of lack of open-mindedness or a closed-minded nature with people when it comes to evaluating sports in general. Oh, I see this, so I'm right, and you're wrong. And if you think that, you're an idiot. That's kind of the nature and the culture that we've kind of created what separates Grant, and here's where I would say Grant's really terrific and why he's so successful, is, yeah, you might hate Grant. You might hate what he has to say on a Tuesday. He gives you the opportunities to come on. He doesn't look at it as, I'm a credentialed reporter. Who the hell are you? He looks at it as, okay, you're another person that's really interested at, in about football. Let me hear what you have to say. Oh, you make some good points. That's really interesting. Ooh, I like what you said. Ooh, you're right. Now let me evolve my thinking. 
And that really separates him from everybody else. I mean, he is so willing to listen to other people's opinions and evolve his own. I mean, look at the Trey Lance, the way he evolved on Trey Lance through the draft process. I mean, he came out originally really strong saying he doesn't like Trey Lance. Then he watched more. He listened more. He learned more. And from through a bunch of people, then he wanted Trey Lance to be the pick for the 49ers. So that sort of evolution, I think, is missing with most people. And I, I, I know that people get really angry at some of the things he says. I would say just listen, listen to his reasoning and just listen to him. Because one, he's a fantastic guy. Two, he has a reason why he says things. For the most part, even though they tick you off, he does his homework, he works his butt off, he does his research, he watches his film. So he does all the ground basis to form that opinion. And three, his opinions are very fluid, and he's more than willing to listen to anybody. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm a 21-year-old college student who does this from my bedroom. And every Monday, the theme of our show is, I disagree with Grant. I disagree with Grant all the time. And guess what? Grant doesn't need to give me a platform to let him disagree with, to let me disagree with him. He he has no reason to do that, but he does. So, like, I, I would say those are the things that separate him, that accessibility, the willingness to just have a conversation about football and then work ethic. He's truly unbelievable, and it's honestly a pleasure to work with him more than anything. Yeah, I've recorded with Grant before, and um, I, I can attest to several things. One, professional uh, and very easy to work with and again very positive and friendly yeah a lot of his stuff is very negative and it comes across that way and that's kind of his thing uh but that's okay like figure that out and again for those people that are like man screw that i don't want anything to do with it you can just mute those people and not listen to that podcast and that's fine that's okay a lot of people do that to me uh the smart ones do anyway but um, yeah I, I and a big reason why i wanted to have you on too is because i think man i do not like negativity and trashing these different people it's not my style and i think whenever you can kind of learn and humanify if that's a word i don't think it is uh <laughs> like different people would bring positive things there uh to even grant cone who i know he he's got his stuff out there and grant's gonna grant sometimes and once you kind of learn what he's doing with those takes you kind of chuckle a little bit um so anyway take that for what it is now before i go I mean ahead go ahead Right. I mean, the thing the thing is that he has no responsibility to the 49ers. And I think that's what people don't understand. For him, he just has to give his most objective football opinion as possible. And sometimes that football opinion might seem negative. But there's also a lot of football opinions he had right that we don't look back and say, hey, Grant, you were right. I'm sorry about that. He told you about Dante Pettis in that 2018 training camp, what he felt. And he was right in the long run. Everybody else was wrong, but nobody looks back and says he was right. So he's, I mean, the nature of this business is that if you give any sort of predict predictions, you're going to be wrong. And that's why I hate when people judge uh, anybody who creates content by you predicted this and you were wrong. Well, I'm predicting with the same level of knowledge that you're predicting with. I'm just throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks. I always like to listen for, like, to me, I'd rather listen to someone who's wrong on 100% of the time, never gets a prediction right, but everything he has to say is based on sound analysis and a logical style of thinking and well-researched film study and analytic study. I don't think that we get that as a 49ers community from the people that we consume content with 95% of the time. I'm not talking about you or Grant. I'm talking about maybe some of the larger people. Yeah. But uh, 
Um, what I will say is that, I mean, not a shot. They're all phenomenal at what they do. They're just a different style. What I will say is that, like, so to judge someone based on predictions, I would say, even though those predictions might anger you, like, they're made to be wrong. Just try and listen to their side of thinking. And even if their side of thinking is wrong to you, all it does is strengthen your own arguments and strengthen your conviction on your side of thinking. So I think that either way, listening to Grid for You, I know it can sometimes aggravate people and all of that, but that's why he ha- gives people platforms to come in and just yell at him and tell him why he's wrong and talk it out. So I, I, I think he's fantastic, and I think more people are starting to round out to that fact, and I would say that people just need to just keep listening to him because – I think you, Grant, a lot of people are just doing a phenomenal job of being well-researched and just giving the right kind of takes and giving the right kind of logical takes that football fans need to hear. It might not always be what you want to hear, but it's how what you need to hear to be aware. Yeah, I like it, man. Um, good stuff there. Now, I want to transition just real quick before I let you go. Um, you talked about my Dallas Mavericks on one of your last videos because you don't just do 49ers. Uh, you know, you and Blake, y'all jump into all kinds of stuff. And I love that because, you know, me as a Niners guy only, like I love to get out of that once I kind of get overwhelmed and whatever, you know, the echo chamber that right. is 49ers stuff sometimes. You consider Luca, I'm a Mavs guy, man, born and raised in Dallas. You consider Luca a top five uh overall basketball player. I thought I was I, I was worried watching that whole video. Because I was like, man, I hope he takes the right take. I don't want to come hot, you know, <laughs> in this interview. But you, uh, you're you a Luka guy, man. So give me your take. It's 2-2 versus the Clippers. Who's going to end up winning that series, man? So I, I still think the Clippers are going to pull out this yeah. series. Before the series, I predicted Clippers in six. When they went down 2-0, I was like, oh, crap. I'm, I'm going to lose a little bit of money here. But um, things have now plateaued out. I think the big problem for the Mavericks is – I just can't, and I know that those guys had a very good end to this season, but it was the reason why I think you would have seen that video because you're a big Mavericks guy. We basically did a video right after game one saying the Clippers don't need to worry because I just didn't expect that sustained shooting from Maxi Kleber and Tim Hardaway Jr. I know Tim Hardaway Jr. was berserk hot um, through April and through May, but I just didn't expect it to sustain because he was playing like Tim Clay Thompson instead of Tim Hardaway Jr. And then, of course, um, Dorian Finney-Smith is a phenomenal two-way player, but I I just don't see enough support for Luka Doncic. And I think it doesn't go to any of those guys. It's The problem is Kristaps Porzingis. The fact that they're able to play Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, Reggie Jackson, and Paul George as a starting lineup and Kristaps Porzingis doesn't make that lineup pay at 7-3 is a problem. Right. The fact that he's out there taking 20-foot turnaround jump shots with six, eight people on him, guys who are half his size, to me is the biggest problem. And until Luka gets that bona fide second star, Love it. I just think there's just way too much on his plate. And to me, Kristaps Porzingis is definitely not that guy. Don't get me started on his defense. I think <laughs> my listeners are about injuries, to get bad at you, but I freaking love this. this, is bad. this he up. is getting violated on the perimeter every single possession. Uh, I would love the Mavs to win that series because I think if Luka Doncic does take the Mavs over the Clippers, I think he's taking them to the Western Conference Finals, which at 22, year old, 22 years old is one of those remarkable feats that we'll look back like 15 years from now when Luka Doncic is 37, he's won like four or five championships, and we're like, wow, Luka Doncic took Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah. Finney, Dorian Finney-Smith, 
Tim, uh, Maxi Kleber, uh, Nelly, Kristaps uh, Porzingis to a Western Conference Finals, beating Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Rudy Gobert and all of them throughout that. But I, I just see the Clippers winning, unfortunately. But your guy, Luka, you should be happy. I mean, I'm a Pistons fan. I'm, I'm still waiting for my Luka Doncic to start to get really excited about. But he is unbelievable i love it man fish knows his stuff uh 49ers and outside so go subscribe to his podcast do it uh he's absolutely incredible blake and fish sports fish just want to say thank you again very excited to see what you got next man uh big fan of yours love your content you know what you're talking about so just want to say thanks again for hopping on with us Thank you so much, John. It was my pleasure. I had an awesome time. We definitely got to have you on Blake and Bish Sports whenever you're free. Just let us know. And it was really a pleasure to meet you, connect with you. And you're a very genuine, you're a kind guy, and you deserve all the love that's coming your way. And there's just more to come. So it was really a surreal moment to come on with you. And I really appreciate you having me on. Thank Dude, you. Awesome. I'll jump on with you guys anytime, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Vish. Thank you. Man, that was fun. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. You know, obviously, we got the 49ers. We got a little off track with the Grant stuff and the Mavs and all that stuff. But, man, what a cool kid and just absolutely incredible what he's brought to the community. I think that's huge. So, please go follow Vish. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Do whatever you can to support, you know, people that are, you know, out there putting out content. That's huge. Yeah, I, I say this all the time. We are so spoiled. <laughs> if if you know fans of other fan bases and you ask like oh what podcast do you listen to they'll be like oh i listen to this podcast about my team like that's it like we have so many and it's a great thing there's always more room at the table so i hope the best for him and i appreciate you guys recommending uh having him on and i'm always going to listen to you guys Whatever it is that you guys want, uh, that's what we're going to do. And it, that, that's kind of what we are. Now, some of you guys had some questions during the chat, so I was copying a bunch of those down. So I want to get to those. Uh, but real quick before we do, just want to remind you again, 49ers Rush Road Trip, baby. If you're traveling to any of the games, whether it's the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, week two, week 18, Los Angeles Rams, or for Halloween, uh, going to Chicago, may come party with us. Go to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. It's got the link for the hotels there, so you can stay and get almost 40 to 50 bucks off a night at some of the best hotels. Stay with us. We're going to be throwing a party the night before the game, and you can buy your tickets for those, okay, at those three cities. And we're going to have, you know, live music, giveaways. We're going to be broadcasting live. You get to hang out. Um, it, it's going to be absolutely incredible. So please, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. A lot of you guys have already bought your tickets and things like that. Go get there. Um, let's party together, man. Why? Let's take this <laughs> podcast to a whole other level. That, that, that's what we're trying to do. And... You know, I, I mentioned this last week. Yeah, let me, I'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, reached out to the 49ers organization. And actually, they reached out to me, believe it or not. And we're trying to work to get some more events taking place at those three th those three events, uh, those three cities. So big things coming. Uh, we, we don't stop, man. We just keep going. We just keep going. Now, a couple questions I wanted to get to that I really like. Edgar had two of them. He asked this question, what percentage do you give the 49ers to get to the NFC Championship? 
um, you know, I, I would say just over 25% to get to the NFC Championship, right? I think that there are five teams. I think there's three clear-cut favorite teams. The Bucks, you know, returning everybody. The 49ers, the Rams. I think those are the three best teams in the NFC. Packers, a yeah, huge question mark. You know, I think Aaron Rodgers will come back and play this year. But even if they do, the Packers don't scare me as a 49ers fan. I think the Packers just don't match up well with us. Other teams, sure. Uh, could the Packers be the number one seed? Sure. I don't, I don't care about that. I, I would love <laughs> to meet up with the Packers in the postseason. It just seems like we have their number. And then, of course, Seattle. You know, Russell Wilson, he's one of those guys that you just – He's different. I don't think that they're going to make it there this year, but until they prove that they're not going to make it, I think that's kind of key. So the 49ers, I'll tell you this. If every NFC team said, okay, who do you not want to play? The 49ers are going to be the top-mentioned team. Um, them and the Bucks. Th those are the two teams, and probably the Rams because they're defense. Nobody wants to play those teams. Uh, that that's just what it is. <laughs> Alex says, "Give away a trip." <laughs> I love it, Alex. I wish I could. Um, you know, the reason why we charge uh, for those tickets. Just to understand this. Like, I lose. I'm. I had to pitch to my wife. My wife's incredible. Um, she she's the best person ever. I lose money for each one of these events. Like, it costs me money to throw these events, to fly out there, to buy tickets. Like, I'm not making any money on these. I'm losing money. But I am betting long-term that the people that come out, just like the people that came out for the Super Bowl party and hung out with me and Frank Gore, that we have such an awesome time and such a cool connection that you guys turn into diehard 49ers Rush fans if you're not already. And if that does go well enough, hopefully in the future – that will turn into, you know, a money-making event to where I can do that. I want to do every road game. I would love to do all 17 games every year, uh, but we're just not there yet. But if I could, man, Alex, dude, trust me. I feel like Oprah, but I'm not on an Oprah budget. Like, you get a trip. You get a trip. You get a jersey. <laughs> it's just that's kind of where it is. Uh, Mr. Superfly, he says this. Do you think there's a way – that are a chance that the Seahawks get Julio Jones. Here, here's the one good news, okay? Seahawks, Rams, 49ers. None of them have first-round picks. None of them have first-round picks. And whenever you're looking at, you know, the rumor came out that, oh, the Seahawks and the Rams, they're calling Russell Wilson's talking to Julio Jones. All of that, I'm not saying it's not true. The 49ers, and this is my opinion, they're trying to get the 49ers to pay more. The 49ers can't even give up a second-round pick for Julio Jones. I, I don't think that they would, not for a 32-year-old wide receiver. I think they're offering a young player and like a third and a fourth, something along those lines. And so I, I could totally see, you know, the Falcons trying their hardest to like, come on, 49ers, give us more, give us more. And I hope we do get Julio, but I'm not one of the people that's like, oh, get him no matter what, and if we don't get him, rah. No, I don't feel that way. And here's why. The 49ers, when we got Trent Williams, I think that kind of set the playbook. This is a Shanahan loyalty project, right? Julio Jones has to talk to Arthur Blank and the Falcons and say, look, I'm the best player in the history of your franchise. I'm the face of your franchise. Do right by me. Send me to somewhere I want to go. Julio wants to go to the 49ers. There's no doubt about that. Like, why would you not? 
His his two best years of his entire career with Kyle Shanahan. We have a way better supporting roster than anybody else out there. We have the cap room to bring his contract in. He wants to win for a Super Bowl. All those things. Like, good lord, why would he not want to go here? Maybe the taxes, but <laughs> but uh, anyway, sorry. Like he wants to come here, but it's gonna take him saying, "Look, take less and send me here." Will he do that? I don't know. That's what Trent Williams did. The Vikings offered more to Washington than we did, but we got him. Why? Because Trent Williams said, no, I want to go there. I want to go there. And that's what it's going to take. And so if we can get that to take place, then that'd be incredible. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to give up some young talent. Third, fourth round pick I'm okay with. Um, we could definitely use that wide receiver three. There's no doubt about that. Next question is this, uh, again from Edgar. He said, with, set, uh, with Robert Sala out are the 49ers going to immediately change their defense in the early games i don't think so especially with this ota kind of environment luckily we had everybody show up which was incredible but again like it's it's virtual meetings it's all those things like i doubt it there might be some small changes but the scheme's going to stay the same uh all the position coaches relatively almost stayed the same so i I don't think there's going to be a lot of change there Dammy, uh, Dan Case, he said a couple things. How long does Jimmy Garoppolo have to look good for us to get a first? Uh, he's got to make it through kind of the first three to four weeks. And if the 49ers jump up 3-0, 4-0, whatever, and one of the other quarterbacks is not panning out, similar to what happened with Mitch Trubisky like last year, right, where they're winning games, but he just doesn't look good. And it's going to be, you know, whether I don't think it'd be Teddy Bridgewater or whatever. They kind of have two quarterbacks dueling there. But if somebody gets hurt or whatever, that's how you get a first in season. And that's the best case scenario, because if you trade Jimmy Garoppolo in season, you get cap relief in season because the game checks are divided up or 17 game checks. So if you trade him, you know, halfway through the season, you know, at the deadline, guess what? Half of those game checks those you you get that back on your cap and so that's huge so if you trade them this year you get some cap relief if you trade them next year you know then you get next year's whatever however you want to look at that but i think that'd be important um but man he goes to that bye week looking good yeah we'll have to see what happens we'll have to see what happens there raven um, I like this question here. Should Ward be used more like Malcolm Jenkins and Chris uh, Charles Woodson? Charles Woodson later in his career, I'd agree with this, late, um, in the slot on passing downs. I would love that. I want Jimmy Ward close to the line of scrimmage at all times. When Jimmy Ward you know, is, is the middle third defender, you lose him. He's, he doesn't make plays. Now, he's always where he's supposed to be back there. That's great. But, man, more often than not, you don't even see him in the pan of the video around the ball at the end of play almost ever. But whenever he's close to the line of scrimmage, plays happen. So I always, I'm huge. Uh, Jimmy Ward's great, but you got to get him in the, in the box. You got to get him in the box or slot or close to the line of scrimmage. That's where he is effective. He, I do not like Jimmy Ward as that single high defender at all. It almost bothers me. Like it, it's, it's. I'm a big like. I want to know. I feel like safeties are an impact position, and there are a lot of times, you know, watching him, the impact disappears, but not whenever he's close to the line of scrimmage, and so that's that's kind of the thing that I think I want to see. I want him in there. 
So that's huge. There's a lot of guys, and they can do some fun you know, stuff with three safeties and all that. We saw them do it a little bit last year. Perhaps they do it more. You know, there's there's... The 49ers seem to think there's a little bit of a weakness at that third linebacker spot. They keep bringing guys in. The third linebacker and the third wide receiver, they're not happy with. So why not? Again, what does the offense do? They do a whole bunch of 12 and 21 personnel and get the third wide receiver off the field. What could the defense do? Very similar, right? Do some more nickel and dime sets and get that third linebacker off the field. Man, I'm okay with that, especially with the way the NFL is going now. Um, you know, so much more speed spread. Look at the NFC West. They spent all their first draft choices on little tiny shifty wide receivers. So mimic that right as a defense, because defense is so much more reactionary. You have to see what the personnel groupings are, all those things, and then adjust. So yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Rohan says this with Sayla gone. Will D'Amico Ryan's go away from the cover three single high looks? All we can say is we don't know. It's probably going to stay more of the same, but it's just pure conjecture. We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen game film, whatever. I, I think things are going to stay relatively close to the same as we saw the last two years. That's my guess. Uh, but that's what we got. You guys are incredible. couple things just want to remind you of. Again, Discord. Oh, my gosh, your Discord channel's live. It's incredible. I'm really proud of it because I'm not that tech savvy, but, you know, we worked with a lot of engineers and people to get it up. Head over there. It's in the description. All you got to do is click on that link and say, oh, you just click join the server, bounce around. There's videos in there to help you with that. Um, congrats to our giveaway winner. We gave away the Nick Bosa jersey, a jersey, Perrin Harper. Congrats on Instagram. And, again, Go follow our Instagram, 49ers Rush Podcast. That's where our next giveaway, which I'll announce soon, it's going to be an autographed jersey this time um, of a 49ers pass player. Just throwing that out there. But that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review the show, whatever order. You guys are the best. I just want to say thank you and shout out to Vish, man. Go follow Vish. He's the man. Appreciate it, guys. And as always, stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.